Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. If you're in lockdown, just like me, don't worry. I've put together some of the best bits from my talk radio breakfast show into this daily podcast, so you won't miss any of the day's biggest coronavirus updates. Enjoy and stay safe. Talk radio breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer and The Times. Be well informed. Good morning to you. This is Talk Radio Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley-Brewer. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Joining me right now is uh, George Eustace, the Environment Secretary. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Um, uh, lots of people very excited about the lockdown easing, being able to meet uh, members of other households in groups of up to six, family and friends, outdoors. You're allowed to meet in the garden now. Can you tell me why, and a lot of people are asking this, why Scotland is easing it from today, allowing up to eight people, and we're easing it in England for up to six people only from months. Monday. Why can't people enjoy a barbecue with their friends or family this weekend? Well, look, the reason different parts of the UK are doing things in broadly the same way, but sometimes in a slightly different way, is we've got a devolution settlement that means that uh, Scotland and Wales um, take responsibility for these things. Uh, we all try to work together. So there's um, regular COBRA meetings uh, where members and representatives from the devolved administrations attend. Um, they have access to all of the same evidence to make those decisions. But it is the case that sometimes uh, they will adopt slightly different yeah. uh, approaches. Well, obviously, there's going to be a political element and a judgment element because there isn't the science, as everyone keeps claiming. There, there are different views on this. But um, what is the reason, as far as you're aware, behind uh, England, people only being allowed to meet in groups of up to six, not up to eight, and not being able to do it until Monday? What, there must be a reason why we, the rest of the UK isn't doing it as a whole from today. Well, um the reason that we are doing this is we've obviously had to do some, just stepping back from this, some pretty extraordinary things to try to help control this virus and get the infection rate down. But we also recognise that all of us are going to have to uh, live alongside this virus for some time to come and try to get back to living life closer to normal, uh, but still um, recognising that there's a threat that's going to be there. So you always have to draw the line somewhere. Uh, a few weeks ago, it was um, that you could meet one person uh, outdoors uh, because we didn't want large crowds. We've now loosened that to say you can have up to six. I think the scientists that advise us took the view that if you looked at the average size uh, British garden, that um, up to six people could probably observe social distancing. Oh, okay. Uh, in the garden. Once so you I... get above that, 
it gets harder. I don't know, maybe in Scotland, they think they've got slightly larger gardens or something. Um, who knows? <laughs> a bit more I space. Think... Well, lots of people don't have gardens and haven't been able to meet. But... On the precise numbers, when we, we all recognise that, that we're having to do some pretty extraordinary things, uh, come up with all sorts of rules that um, will in, inevitably have some inherent inconsistency in them. Um, but what we're trying to do is is go on a journey here and gradually loosen um, these restrictions yes. in a way that doesn't okay. lead to uh, uh, the spread of the virus, but also enables people to, to meet loved ones and friends okay. and family again. Now, this is the only line, only time I'm going to mention Dominic Cummings because I know that my listeners will say we've moved on from that. I know that's what the government wants to do. But given that Dominic Cummings is not going to be facing any criminal action over over what the, the Durham police said yesterday, they believe may have been a breach, uh, they say a minor breach of the lockdown rules when we were under proper lockdown uh, in terms of that drive to Barnard Castle. Um, is it likely that anyone who chooses to meet up with friends and family in groups of up to six in their garden or outside over this weekend before the lockdown rules are eased on Monday will actually face criminal prosecution or will face a fine from the police? Well, I think the police all the way along have been pragmatic uh, in this. And the overwhelmingly their approach really is to, you know, to issue guidance and um, uh, encourage people to abide by the rules. They recognize, too, that uh, coming up with these rules in quite a hard and fast way is difficult. And so they've been very pragmatic uh, in their approach. And I think people can expect them to to still be pragmatic. But look, we are. You know, we are telling you, and of course, it's, it's very difficult to enforce things anyway when it's like, happening in somebody's private garden. But I think people recognize that they've all got a role to play uh, in terms of controlling this virus and preventing the spread of it getting back to um, uh, dangerous levels again. And I think that's why the vast majority of people will be uh, sensible and exercise their judgment about how they okay. approach this. And just one final question on the details of that and, and, uh, and, and a genuine query for people who, who is a family you know, of two parents and four children, six people already. Are they allowed to meet up with another family at all? Well, I think in their case, um, that wouldn't work, no, because it's up to six people um, from uh, up to two households. Okay. But what, of course, could happen if you had a family with two parents and four children, um, the mother, for instance, could take a couple of the children and go and see her parents, um, and then it could be done the other way around. So, okay. uh, yes, it won't enable – and, and again, Julia, I know it sounds – on one level, it's it, it might sound a bit ridiculous, but you do have to draw a line somewhere – when you're trying to manage this rather extraordinary okay. situation. But again, I think we're allowed, we're allowed to use our common sense, I think, on this one. Let's talk about the test and trace system. Uh, some of the words have been used in the papers today, using the word shambles, using the word fiasco, saying it's not ready in time. Dido Harding, who's in charge of it, said it's not going to be fully up and running until the end of June. Um, how can we expect parents to send their children back to school from Monday, um, people go back to their workplaces, if we don't have a test and trace system already in place, up and running? and working properly well of course you know on work environments it's important to recognize that there are some parts of the economy that never closed down so supermarkets continued to stay open as did food factories and what they've seen over the last two months is initially in the first two weeks uh, a spike in absentee levels but because of the social distancing measures that they put in place right at the beginning of this uh, their absentee levels have fallen right down now below five percent so what they've been doing has worked and has been successful and we need other parts of the economy and other walks of life including schools to uh, learn from some of that as they adapt social distancing measures for their own 
particular environment. And, and on the test and trace approach, look, it was only launched yesterday. I understand that phone calls uh, were made, that tracing uh, approach has already uh, begun. Uh, and we've got 25,000 people recruited to do this. And it will be an important feature of um, our future approach to this as we try and uh, move from a lockdown situation where everyone is told to stay at home or, or um, stay at home as much as possible to one where we target that advice to people that are most likely to have been uh, infected. Okay. Let's also talk about uh, an announcement we're expecting today for the Chancellor Rishi Sunak regarding uh, the furlough scheme. Of course, uh, more than 8 million people currently now furloughed. That's extended to the end of October, but firms are going to have to pay a quarter of the wages of furloughed staff from August. But we haven't heard anything yet about the help for the 2.3 million self-employed who are getting help right now. Um, MPs from all parties have signed a letter asking the Chancellor to, to uh, let us know what happens. Because uh, right now, as, as things currently stand, their financial help from the tax but ends this weekend. Why are we treating the self-employed so differently to the employed? Well, look, I I think that um, Rishi Sunak may be saying a little bit more about some of these issues later. As you pointed out, he's already uh, announced an extension of the furlough scheme uh, for for employees until the end of October and also said that at the latter part of that, the final few months, uh, we will want employers to start making a contribution. The important thing, I, I think, though, Julia, is... We can't all stay on this furlough scheme indefinitely. When you had a total lockdown and the advice was to everyone to stay at home, uh, it was, of course, appropriate to have furlough schemes and supports for everyone. Now that we are trying to get people back to work, um, you know, there comes a point at which we have to encourage them to come off the furlough scheme and get back into uh, work. That will be harder for some sectors than others. So theatres and cinemas and restaurants undoubtedly have a harder task getting back to work and won't be able to even begin that until July. But many other working environments, be that um, you know factories or people who work in construction or electricians and plumbers and so on, um, there's no reason why those people shouldn't now start to return to work and we, we need them to think about that. Okay, just finally, I know you've got another interview to get to, but in Hong Kong, obviously, we've seen the Chinese pursuing these new security laws, and we've already seen major arrests of uh, protesters. Uh, Dominic Raab, your colleague at the Foreign Office, has offered to extend the rights of 300,000 Hong Kong residents uh, to their, their getting more rights to come to the UK. Um, the Chinese ambassador uh, yesterday tweeted that Hong Kong affairs are purely China's internal affairs, which they're not under the international treaty that dates uh, back to 1997. What more action can Britain take to ensure that not just 300,000 Hong Kong residents, but the many millions of Hong Kong residents are going to be safe. Well, look, I know that uh, Dominic Rubb's looking very closely at this. Uh, he did a statement on this, uh, obviously, yesterday. The Foreign Office are obviously uh, working um, with China to try to encourage them to step back uh, from this measure. Um, you are right. Uh, it's not just uh, an internal matter for China because uh, there is an agreement, a treaty agreement between the UK and China uh, about uh, how Hong Kong should be treated. And the uh, you know two, two systems within that uh, single country are enshrined uh, in a treaty agreement. So we do need uh, China to think very carefully about this. And we very much hope that they will step back from the measures they've uh, announced. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. Talk Radio. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Well, let's talk to Mike Cherry now. He's National Chairman of the Federation of Small Businesses. Good morning to you. Julia, good morning good to morning. you. Now, you, of course, are representing lots of small businesses. You have got an awful lot of their employees on furlough. We know a million businesses have put employees on furlough, but also you've been speaking out uh, throughout this pandemic for those who are self-employed as well, those small businesses. Um, let, let, let's, let's talk, first of all, about what's happening with the employed uh, because currently we've got 8.4 million people now furloughed. Uh, that scheme is going on until the end of October. But as of uh, August, we knew this, Rishi Sudak announced earlier, that, uh, well, well, it's been hinted at earlier, we knew that things were going to change from August and firms are going to have to pay a quarter of the wages for furloughed staff. But there, there is a rule that you are allowed to now work part-time. Um, that, that's going to be a big change. Um, how, how much is this going to affect the firms you represent? What are they planning to do now they're going to actually have to start paying, well, soon, have to start paying uh, something towards the wages of their staff? Well, let's start off firstly, if we may, with the furloughing scheme being uh, open until October. And we know that part-time is due to come in August. But when businesses are starting to open from the 15th of June in the May, then clearly that flexibility needs to come forward. And we would hope that there's some announcements very, very shortly on that. So that, so that isn't people August, can go back and work perhaps June. part-time now? That, that's the point. I mean, businesses are not going to have the footfall. Uh, we know that. And therefore, being able to bring staff in on a part-time basis, maybe just one day a week to start off, maybe two days a week or, or whatever it is, being able to have that flexibility in the system is going to be absolutely key from the 15th of June when most businesses open. Um, but let's look at the self-employed income support scheme. I mean, that at the moment is supporting 2.3 million people. Um, that includes company directors, it includes owners of small businesses, it includes your hairdressers, your caterers, event organisers, B&B owners and the like. And it's just unreal that this is due to end on Sunday, as you said, uh, when we've got uh, this interaction with other businesses, with people that needs to actually tailor off. Uh, you can't just have a cliff edge for these yeah. people and they've got no income coming in and we need to see something very similar to the furloughing 
um, that it allows them to get support when they need it and some of those are not going to open for weeks well again it, it, some of these businesses it's not like this not like these people are being lazy they are expressly forbidden by the rules from reopening if you're a hairdresser or, or, and the like you're not actually allowed to be work to be working um why do you think that this hasn't been announced i mean again uh, we know that the announce the announcement for employees was made before that for the self-employed and, and things have changed over the time we know these have been some very generous schemes some of the most generous in the world and rishi sunak i think has been rightly praise for a lot of it and they'll look there'll be things that you know are are quite right about each of these schemes but at the end of the day trying to keep people as many people as possible in jobs was the right thing to do and remains the right thing to do however um, to leave it so close to Sunday for there to be an announcement on this is very worrying isn't it it's incredibly worrying for many of these people many of them are going to lose their livelihoods if they don't get this support as I say some are not going to be able to open for weeks and they need reassurance that there is going to be something other than just basic universal credit, which some of them can't even get the full amount on, uh, to be a support to help them through this ongoing period. And in the same way as our employees, getting this tailoring off of the scheme for furloughing, uh, the same should be applying to the self-employed income support scheme. And many have argued that actually with the employment uh, and the furlough scheme, that actually from word go, it should have had flexibility so that people could continue to work part time when they when they could. Because, of course, there was a, a big concern that actually a lot of businesses which were entitled to carry on working, there were specific businesses that were told to close where there, you couldn't social distance, you know, the cafes, the bars and the like, the headers. But actually lots of businesses could have been legally able to carry on if there had been enough footfall to continue. And, and, uh, and a lot of those people perhaps could have still kept their jobs. That's also correct, but let's not forget when we're looking at retail, hospitality in particular, where they were having to close. It's also behind the scenes, the supply chain to those businesses that are also having to shut because they've got no trade either. And it's these individuals, these self-employed people who desperately need to know that they've got that reassurance, even if it's tapering down the same way as the furloughing scheme for employees is tapering down. Uh, that they have got some ongoing support to help them through this crisis. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Let's talk to the science editor for The Times, Tom Whipple, who joins us now. Good morning to you, Tom. Good morning. Good hello. morning. Hello. Um, hello. Um, now, I, mean, I'm, I am not right in thinking, am I, that, that, that um, we were told quite categorically that it, the app was going to be absolutely crucial, and that was being tested out in the Isle of Wight for the last couple of weeks. Uh, and now the app isn't ready. We're not using the app. We're going to be doing using human beings. We only needed 18,000. Now we've got 25,000. That sounds good. Apparently all trained up. Training looks like it's a bit questionable, a bit suspect in terms of please read this document and just tick that you've read it type level of training. Um, anyone who's dealt with HR will know that mm, it perhaps doesn't necessarily get read. Um, uh, and, and workers, yes, they're unable to log on in a system that won't be fully operational until basically six weeks after we were told it would be running. What is going on and what is going wrong? I mean, I, I, really, wa- I really want to be positive. Um, I, I, I think a lot of us are quite tired of feeling like Britain's just doing badly on this and bungling through in a British way. Um, as you said, this is, this is so crucial. This is not the time for this to be amateur. This is, this is the only way that we're opening up. We know that we're just below the cusp of this infection returning. We've got 8,000 cases a day, which means that if each of those cases currently has five contacts, you've got to track down 40,000 people a day. All of those 40,000 people have to be in isolation for 14 days. So 40,000 times 
14 is the number of people, I'll do that quickly, about half a million people yeah. are going to be perpetually in isolation. As we open up, that is going to increase a lot. This has to be a really effective system, and maybe it will. It looks like it's based on the German system, which has been working, but it doesn't look like we've got the same level of professionalism in terms of the staff, the same level of training. I really hope they know what they're doing because this is yeah. so, so crucial. Well, this is it. But the point is, we, and it's the point I've put to government ministers, including the health secretary repeatedly, that we always knew when we, that we would go into lockdown and we always knew that when we went into lockdown, 67 long days ago, goodness me, we're feeling every moment of that, that we would come out and we would need at some point the testing and tracing system. In fact, one of the, one of the five tests that the government laid down when into lockdown was that we would have to have uh, you know, a testing system up and running and, and, and obviously the tracing was going to be vital. There's, there's no point finding out who's got it if you haven't found out who they've passed it on to. It's, it's utterly worthless. Um, and, and, and yet we've only just been seeing the recruitment in the last couple of weeks. Uh, people are reporting and again, it's very difficult to know that maybe the only the people who are, you know, are angry about things or, or, or are reporting that the training is not up to scratch. But the fact that so many workers couldn't log on yesterday and that, that's not a, people claiming it, that was actually the case, um, is a bit of a worry. And the fact that the woman in charge of the whole darn thing, saying it won't be fully operational for another four or five weeks. Um, I mean, a lot of people are wondering why Dido Harding's in charge anyway. She was at Talk Talk. They were in charge of a major data breach. She has, look, she's got the same degree as me, PPE from Oxford. Um, I'm not entirely sure I could run a contact tracing system. Um, I'm not quite sure what technical skills she's got um, that it would involve her, her, her being able to do this. Is it the right person in charge? And, 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 and again, with the best will in the world, is this going to be the world-beating test? and tracing system that we were promised? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's unambiguously not world-beating. There are, there is, so, so some of the problems, some of the dif differences between us and the rest of the world. So at the moment, you're still looking, a lot of these tests are taking a couple of days, which just doesn't work. You have to instantly be able to tell someone's positive so that you can get out. We, we, we were told, weren't we, by Matt Hancock, that actually I think it's something like 90% you know, or something are actually uh, getting them back within a day. Um, and, and it's only a very small number that aren't coming back. Um, no, it's 95%, you know, 48 hours, and 83% are 24 hours, he told me yesterday. Yeah, I mean, 48 hours isn't, yeah, 48 hours isn't enough. And uh, I've been chatting to people in testing who are very worried about that because you start, you know, 5% 5, 5 more than 48 hours is, is enough to get a whole chain of transmission going. Yeah. Um, in, in South Korea, you, you've got the ability to look at credit card statements, uh, you know, GPS movements at CCTV. Now, we can have the civil liberties argument about that, but it is the case that that is how theirs works. And they talk today about, you know, 80 cases as being a worrying outbreak. Well, we have 100 times that each day. Um, it's, it feels to me like I, I, don't, I don't blame them for people being unable to log on. Of course, they've got a massive IT system that's new and there's 25,000 people. But it feels to me that this has been rushed through to meet the easing of lockdown rather than the easing of the lockdown being timed to meet, meet a working contact tracing system. Um, yeah. That's completely the wrong way around. Yeah, it is, a, it is a big worry. Just finally, on the infection rate, the R rate, you say, we, we were told you know, last week it was 0 0.7 to 1, uh, and now it's 0 0.7 to 0 0.9. There's always a lag on this, as, as, as everyone always explains. But, and it's not the same in every part of the country, and it's not the same, say, when I go into my local supermarket as, as if I'm in a care home or in a hospital environment. It is different everywhere, isn't it? It is. And, I mean, what this basically shows us, though, is it's not really changing. 
um, and it's just below the level that's critical. And there, there are lots of, you know, it, it's a very, it's a rough measure, but it's, it is an important measure. Um, and I think everyone would like it to be a fair bit lower so that we'd be stamping out this disease sooner and so that we'd have more leeway. Um, there's a big difference between 0.7 and 0.9. 0.9 means you can basically do nothing. 0.7 means you've got a little bit of wiggle room. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's not as, not as low as we'd like. Um, and hopefully some of this is representative of uh, transmission in places like care homes and yeah. hospitals, which means that, and that's why I say that's hopeful, obviously. That, that's, that's well, yes, in a way, it's the opposite way around. Those are the very people. I mean, we'd be much better off going around the supermarkets where most of us are young and healthy and won't get symptoms and very unlikely to die. Yes, yeah, yeah, it, it is. But the, if, if the high transmission is in care homes, you deal with that in a completely different way. It's about infection control. And it means that the R there doesn't actually matter quite so much yeah. um, because the approach you take is completely different. So it's not Absolutely. that pertinent to opening up the country. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to today's Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. Please don't forget to like, comment, and most importantly, subscribe. And you can catch me live on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 till 10. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.